Good morning, everybody. This is Love Talk Radio. We have got some fabulous guests today. Mary O'Malley is a nutritionist as well. She's a uh, certified hypnotherapist and an assortment of other considerations. Kathy Kennedy is going to be talking to us also as a hypnotherapist, but also she does work with transforming DNA. Very interesting topic. Belinda Farrell is going to be speaking to us also about healing. She has some background with um, the reconnection with Eric Pearl, but she also has some other healing co- uh, aspects to her in terms of Luna and also swimming with the dolphins. And then we have Kathy Woodward, and she is a chiropractor that does a lot of mind-body work with her clients. So we are in for a treat. Today's theme is, as you all know, is the the mind-body connection. And do faith healers have anything to do with the mind-body connection that we are finding currently so prevalent in research. I'd like you to consider for a moment the research by, uh, that is coalesced or collected together by Bruce Lipton. He has many books out, one of which is The Belief of Biology, or The Biology of Belief. And in addition, he has so many videos out that are now on YouTube where you can study at his feet in terms of the various aspects of what he has discovered in terms of our cellular responsiveness to our emotions, to our faith, to our belief system, that is, and also to um, our, our physical well-being. So, It is a wonderful opportunity for us today to talk to these specialists about their experience of dealing with the mind, the emotions, and the physical body in terms of health and illness and emotional depression, things of that sort. So this is Dr. Carol Francis, and we are looking forward to pursuing the program with you. Back to you tomorrow. Dr. Carol Francis back again. Bruce Lipton is a doctor of uh, that has been a teacher of cellular biology for a long while in lots of different arenas, including Stanford. And the opportunity for him to be able to actually make people think differently about the way their body interfaces with spirit. And he is known on one of his sites as Bridge Lipton, is the internationally recognized leader in bridging science and spirit. So you can go on any number of sites, this is the brucelipton.com, and really explore what it is he has to offer in terms of understanding yourself. So for imagine for a moment, in fact, close your eyes for a moment. Imagine every single one of your cells in your body, which some people say there's 27 trillion. Some say that there are trillions and trillions beyond ability to count. I think that Bruce Lipton says that there are 50 trillion uh, cells in your body. And as a person who has absolutely investigated an epigenetic specialist who has absolutely investigated different cells and how they respond to different circumstances in the biological 
in the laboratory in patients, um, you can take that his word is based on the most current research possible in order for us to be able to understand what is going on. But Bruce Lipton does decree that the cells may have DNA in each and every one of them. In the community of cells, they have a message that they have to follow through on given the DNA. But however, he indicates that DNA as such is something that can be changed based on environmental impact. And one of the environmental impacts is, of course, your emotions. Another one is your physical uh, responsiveness to touch. So in other words, your physical response to the emotions of touch, not only the sensation but the emotion behind it. Are you touched violently? Are you touched with love? So the intention of the touch will affect yourselves as well. Your ability to be able to think, imagine, contemplate, meditate, so that there are so many ways of looking at what is going on inside of your body. So I had you close your eyes. Imagine every cell in your body, 50 trillion cells in your body. And imagine in this very moment that they are all kind of listening to you as if they have come or coalesced at a conference and they're listening to you as the prime minister speaking. And you say to the cell, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for assisting and helping me. And thank you so much for being in the process of making me as healthy as I can. And here are the foods and the exercise and the food that I offer you in my assistance to you, which might make you wake up to what you are actually giving yourself. In addition, here are my thoughts, my emotions, my appreciation, my joy, my happiness, my triumph, my sense of wonderment, my love. I love you. I love that you support me. Thank you for letting me dwell within your company and the community of all these different cells. So if you can imagine that process taking place, then you are well ahead of the game in terms of being able to take very, very good care of your cellular well-being. Now, notice that I didn't need the environmental responsibilities for food and exercise out of the equation because you are affecting those cells, telling them each and every time you do exercise, eat well, and sleep, that you are in support of the efforts that they have to go through in order to be able to house you safely. We're also going to be talking about faith healers. Now, faith healers have had a bad rap, and it's a very, much, a very idea that one would attach the term faith healer to anybody has the bad connotation of what we went through in the 50s, the 40s, and the 30s where individuals would fake their ability to heal, whatever that means, and then the people would come and believe that they were healed, and some actually were, and some actually were not, and some were planted, and some were duped, and they would get sicker. So the idea of faith healers is loaded with the realization that there are fake individuals out there. Yes, fake. So as they are fake individuals out there, you have to be discerning and you have to be discerning about your own ability to turn into an investigator and today we are going to investigate. We'll be talking about Bratso who's coming, yes, to Los Angeles to give us some amazing experiences of what this is all about. And now I'm going to turn over to Mary O'Malley. Here we go. Hello, Mary O'Malley. How are you today? I'm fine, Carol. How are you? Oh, it's good to hear your voice. Well, we're just introducing the topic 
of what it means to be healed by your emotions, your mind, as well as your attentiveness to the physical needs of the body through exercise, eating, and through sleep. And we wanted to include you today because you have a great deal to do with the body, the beautiful, beautiful arena of the body as it relates to the emotions, history, psychological issues, and things of that sort. So I know you've been giving us some thoughts. So what are you thinking currently on this topic as you're watching the world become more open to recognition that we are body and mind? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is self-responsibility and and self-empowerment and how much more power we have than we ever knew. Um, mm-hmm. And holistic health is really mostly about how we take care of ourselves to begin with mm-hmm. and um, a- and address those issues. You know, are we having the right foods? Are we moving our body? Are we getting sunshine and breathing? Are we thinking... Um, healing thoughts, are we we hanging out and uh, absorbing positive energy, healing energy? Those are all things that we're in charge of. You know, Mm -hmm. nobody can take that from us. Those are our decisions. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, the spirit, you know, that's all part of um, what's going on today is I think people are moving from that paradigm of the doctor knows best, you know, (laughs) It, to right. the the par- paradigm of we know best and mm. how to trust our instincts, how to um, uh, take care of ourselves. That's mm. such an interesting, uh, almost a dilemma when you say trust our instincts because I think that our instincts have been so completely shut down or, or catapulted into a lot of confusion. I know for me, my instincts with food will be good if I've eaten well and healthy food for about a week and then I can kind of tune in to what it really needs. But if I've been eating junk, I can't trust my instincts because they're all screwed up with you know, mm-hmm. mismanagement of my signal. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, a lot has to do with uh, the neurological process uh, that's involved with food. And food can be a drug just like you know sugar and heroin and nicotine and all, all those things. So most of us know that if we're drugging ourselves in any way, shape, or form, we're not able to make decisions um, in a way that's beneficial for us because that neurological process, the dopamine and the serotonin, is all being affected. And trying to have it say, um, pretty much the addictive voice is is trying to have it say. And it, it's pretty loud. <laughs> most of us oh, boy. have found that out. So if we're... If we're it, you know, in in um, in the grips of uh, um, a food or any other substance that's affecting our neurological process, no, we're not going to make very good decisions. Hmm. So key to know. So listeners, just be aware that if you have an addictive, you have a voice that's, what, what is it, Mary, called the addictive voice? Yeah, well, that, you know, simplify it, the addictive voice. And, and we know what that is. You know, we we... Want, we choose. We're deciding not to have something, and, and the next moment, you know, we are having it. it. It's as if some other part of our body and mind took over, and, um, and then we feel badly about ourselves. And if we're feeling badly, we want to feel better. So guess what takes over again? <laughs> well, you know, while we're on that topic, what are some remedies for that? What what's some way to 
calm or silence or hammer or kill or whatever we need to do to something that's going to violate our well-being? Um, well, you, you really have to involve everything. You need support from the outside. Um, you know, if you can get that, friends and family that are helping you be aware of your behaviors, um, getting off the substance, uh, if it's high-fat food or high-sugar food, um, you know, you sort of need to also do other things in order to encourage the release of the dopamine and the serotonin, um, uh, but healthier things, you know, go for a walk, go have some fun, go bowling with friends, you know, uh, know, things, things that are uplifting and are providing that feel good um, so that we don't feel you like you know so the brain doesn't have to go to the high fat high sugar foods that type of thing hmm. okay, so in other words you have to you have to consciously say what is going to counteract my attraction to this, and one of the things is to find those same chemicals being released by more productive and healthy activities mm-hmm. absolutely. What? Absolutely. So what what those things release in our brain are not bad things that are released in our brain. It's just that the things that we're relying on have other secondary complications that can harm us. And, and we can also use food if we're using good food, you know, if we're getting healthy fats, if we're getting the, the right kind of carbohydrates. Um, those will also allow us to feel better and feed our brain properly. So it's more about the wrong foods. That are that are causing the problem and over manipulate that reward center of the brain. So um, you know, eating the correct foods, going out and having some fun, enjoying your life, thinking happy thoughts, <laughs> you know, all those things um, will replace that and begin to heal that process for you. Now, have you had some experiences as we kind of transition out? Have you had some experiences where you have seen someone harness? their body by way of having those positive thoughts or imaginations or hypnotic uh, suggestions so that you you watch that they don't even have to function on the basis of anything other than their imagination in order to create a positive outcome, whether it's a healing, whether it's um, issue resolution. I mean, what comes to your mind when when I ask you about your experiences? Well, mostly those people that get support, whether they go to a therapist or a nutritionist or someone like me that does the whole body, mind, spirit, um, those that do reach out and get support and get help with that are more successful. And, of course, there's, you know, those miracle few that can do it on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I think in, in learning how to stay focused on that, most of the time we need some outside help. Um, or some way to stay focused, you know, one way or another. So there's a you know a lot of opportunities to do that, and and you know we all know somebody who's been through that and done that, and somebody we can be you know proud of and want to hang out with. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay, so you know this program is predicated that Bratso is going to be coming into town, and if you're not familiar, listeners with Bratso. He's from Croatia, and his group do, do not particularly care to call him. I'm understanding. I'm, I'm being told to understand that they don't like to call him a healer, but I think that in the vernacular of our everyday understanding, he brings 
a type of energy or a love or an attitude that has resulted in people being healed physically and emotionally. So he's in Los Angeles, and that's one reason why the show's going on, because it, we want to put the dialogue of what it means to be in the presence of an, a healer or someone who brings healing energy into our into our life. And what and you are saying, Mary, that being able to rely on someone outside yourself to facilitate this type of process is stronger than trying to do it on your own for most people. Am I understanding? Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um <clears throat> There's always so much more energy and power involved in, you know, more than one human being. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of people out there that are able to uh, facilitate that kind of focus and resolve. And it's just so wonderful having somebody in front of you that cares and is um, mm. a, creating a safe space for you to do your healing. Mm. And, I, you know, so I kudos to everybody who allows for that and and Mm -hmm. allows themselves to be a facilitator of that kind of energy. Now, I know that you allow that. And so what does it feel like for you to be in the position of the healer? And I don't know if you're allergic to that term or not. And if so, why? But, you know, what's it like for you to be in the position of a healer when someone comes to you and says, look, I need help with this? What's your experience of that role? Well, it's very humbling, um, it's uh, it, my job. I think uh, all the therapies I do, the most important thing I do is create a safe space for a person to find out about themselves. To mm-hmm. um, and and in the doing of that, it, there's this grace that just settles over everyone in the room. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's always humbling and amazing and. And um, everybody in the room, myself included, I, lo- I, I love what I do. <laughs> I'll get a healing mm. at the same time just just by being oh, open wow. to that grace, to that possibility of healing mm. in this room. So being a facilitator, the the greatest benefit is feeling that beautiful energy, you know, all through your body because mm. it, it doesn't just happen with the person in front of you. I really have to agree with you. Um, I do some Reiki and I'm also a psychologist and uh, obviously do psychotherapy because of that. But, you know, Reiki is interesting because you're not sitting there trying to analyze anybody or think for them or or listen to what they're saying. You're actually just trying to be a conduit for energy. And while I don't completely know what all the science is behind Reiki, in my years and years and years of studying it, I nonetheless love just transmitting that experience because it's just such an amazing uh, uh, warmth or coolness or vibration that gets to be funneled. I I feel like the healing or the experience of the Reiki energy is more for me than it is for the person that's come to receive it. So I don't know, is that kind of selfish of the healer? But it is. No, and and the other thing I wanted to add is any time I'm in that position where I'm just open and allowing that energy through, it's um it feels like one of the truest expressions of love and and it's like you said there's no judgment there's no there's no having to you know what it was this person need whatever just opening up and allowing spirit through and and you know whatever modality you're using it it just feels like love it just feels so relaxing and so peaceful and 
um, just wonderful, you know, all the good tinglys. <laughs> Probably raises your serotonin and dopamine, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. one of those things that uh, will help with that mm-hmm. process. Uh, what is it, Deepak Chopra says that there was a, a time when they took the saliva measurements of everybody's serotonin in, in, in before and after meditation in one of their meetings, and that they also did that for people who were standing on the streets and the sidewalks outside the building. And every single person had an increase in the positive aspects of serotonin after the meditation, whether they had actually done the meditation or not. Oh, that's not surprising because... Uh, <laughs> You you can feel it in a room when you walk into a room, that room just feels good. Mm. Uh, so so you, the you know the wood whatever's in that room is able to even tr- uh, soak up and transmit that energy. Well, Mary, if if this is so good for the persons in the healing position, and if it has the outcome that the person who feels they need to be healed wishes then how come we are socially kind of awkward or suspicious, uh, doubting? How come we don't embrace this as an everyday function of our lives? Mm-hmm. I think we used to. Um, I think it's only been in the last 100, 150 years that that really changed. We moved more into our minds. Um, everything had to be explained intellectually, and we're still in that quite a bit, but kind of moving back, I think it's really only been a brief uh, brief amount of human time where we, we blocked out that ability to have that experience, don't you think? Um, it's, it's, it's a puzzle to me. As I, as I consider um, that we are really eager to not fall in the hands of someone who's fake or someone who's a charlatan or someone who's going to get our money and not really do anything authentic, I think that we live in a land of not trusting each other and not trusting ourselves to be able to be discerning and sincere. I think that we also feel like we can be easily duped. And I think that that's an interesting question. When I, we, I introduced Bruce Limpton's idea of the biology of beliefs, are we really being duped when we decide to deliberately believe that a person has the ability to heal us? We walk into a doctor's office and we say, Dear doctor, you have the medicines, the surgical skills, and the knowledge to be able to create healing in me. And we do that with alternative therapies, mm-hmm. acupuncture, hypnosis. And the stronger the person's belief is before they even walk in the door, the more likely they are to walk out of that door better off. So And, it and the really one thing matter. it all has in common is that 100% belief inside the person that this healing can happen. And if you have that, if that's what's going on for you, spiritually, mentally, you know, body-wise, then it doesn't matter who's in front of you. They're mm-hmm. just acting as a catalyst for your own true belief in personal healing to happen. If you go to the the, the best, most documented healer in the world, but you don't harbor that belief that your healing can happen, then your healing's not going to happen. You see what I mean? You, we yeah. have to participate. 100% to the best of our ability in that healing process. So there we are, back to personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Personal responsibility, whether it's your belief system. So would you recommend that if a person doesn't believe something's going to help them, just don't pursue that, pursue something else? 
No, I, what I what I believe is that if a person doesn't have that belief, that they they continue working on that issue mm. because um, it's going to affect every area of your life. So if you you know if, you know talk to somebody and find out what are your what are your true beliefs? What are you what are you thinking deep down in your core that doesn't mm. allow you to have that perception of healing is. Um, it belongs to us. We deserve it. You know, it belongs to all of us. So, it, you know, don't give up. You know, just find out, you know, what's blocking you from that. Don't move on mm-hmm. to something else. You know, just keep after it because if that core belief is there, then moving on isn't going to help the process. So so now experience us. I want to hear some stories that you have permission to tell um, about people who have really transformed their life and that you've been there seeing it, participating in it, recognizing it, hearing about it, including yourself, uh, if you feel like sharing that. <laughs> you know, it's kind of personal, but, you know, people need to, I think, collect stories that are narratives. We're, we're, we're not re- yet ready to really empiricize this. I mean, we do to some degree Larry Dossey with his uh, effective prayer research on the healing hands, of course, Bruce Lipton, but we're not doing it to the same degree we do with our pharmaceutical interventions. So do you have any narratives that will inspire us to tap into our own power to create healing? Um, I have, well, the first story that came to mind was a lady that came to me for intuitive counseling. She was from out of state, and her niece brought her, and she had... um, some significant losses in the last few months. She lost her husband and a son. And she just was, um, she just couldn't pull herself out of her grief. And, and, um, mm. and, and, and you know, she she was not even from the United States. Her English was very broken. And occasionally we had mm. to do a, a translation with her niece. And mm. so as, we're, as I was doing the intuitive counseling and, and, um, Focusing in on those issues, her thoughts about her husband, her thoughts about her son, her responsibility, her guilt, and and things like that that came up. Um, it, there was a lot revealed, a lot of things revealed that allow, allowed her to have some peace. And as she was leaving the office, she, it, you know, deep down inside she knew these truths. But intellectually, she couldn't allow herself to go there because she felt like she needed to be grieving longer or have more responsibility, whatever it was. Wow. So as she was leaving, she turned around and and it, it was kind of like, thank you. You just changed my whole life. Wow. Now, it, it wasn't so much uh, me. It, it was, I, I guess, me facilitating her ability to um, to trust in her own instincts. You know, oh. in, instead of the mental, those other voices that in, you know that we hear that say, "No, you have to do this. You should feel this way. You should do this. You should take on this responsibility." <clears throat> so, in allowing her to to access her her internal messages, that um, her internal truths, it it really allowed her to have a healthier grief, to release that fact that she she was going to have to suffer forever because of these losses. You know, how dare she not grieve her husband and son forever and ever and ever 
um, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. So, <clears throat> you know, that was just really simply, once again, creating that space and allowing for her to um, trust her own inner her own inner voice, her own inner instincts, and allow for her healing in this process. Um, another person that I've been working with for years, uh, <clears throat> you know, she's an artist, and mm. uh, through through our work, you know, she was finally able to let go of the work she'd been doing that was not feeding her, and open her own art gallery and. Um, teaching, which is a passion for her uh, in art and and helping other women, you know, using their art as a way to um, support themselves and and what a transformation. Now, you know, this was over, like I said, a period of many years, but that's what life is. We incrementally, you know, face those challenges. But, you know, now she pretty much has her heart's desire and, um, and, of course, now new challenges and growing from there. So, you know, it takes all kinds of different forms. Um, you have obviously people losing weight, quitting smoking, uh, walking away from relationships, being able mm-hmm. to peacefully let go of relationships that weren't healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I guess after all these years, you know, <laughs> it's hard to just focus in on one story. But, um, uh, you know, it happens. I see it happen all the time. You see it happen in your business all the time. You know, we use um, similar methods in some ways and different methods in other ways based on our training and, and what, you know, our personalities. But uh, I don't think it matters if you go to your minister, if you go to your best friend, you know, all those those possibilities await and more power mm-hmm. with, you know, having help there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mary, this has just been amazing. I thank you so much for contributing. Now, how can people contact you, Mary? Uh, my phone number you is, okay, my phone number is area code 424-781-0027. My website is hypnohalls, dot com. And, um, uh, you know, I have an office here in San Pedro in Los Angeles Harbor, but I also do a lot of work by telephone and, and Skype, so I'm available. <laughs> um, everybody, Mary O'Bailey is a healer. There's no question about it whether she owns that or not. She has lots of different tools in her bag that she has developed, uh, both out of heart and out of a lot of serious training and years of experience with people. So don't hesitate to call and contact her. You can also see a brief interview with her on my YouTube doctor, with Dr. Carol Francis. Look for Mary O'Malley, M-A-R-Y, O apostrophe M-A-L-E-Y. Mary, thank you so much. We will talk to you very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Bye. Bye. We are going to take a bit of a break, and now we're going, to, and then we will be making a great transition also to Belinda Farrell. Beautiful. Belinda, how are you? This is Aloha. I'm excellent. How are you? 
love your your buoyancy in there. Lewis, right in here, well, in the middle of the talk, day today. It's beautiful. We're talking about faith healers and healing and the attitude and beliefs and faith and skepticism. So you have walked right into an ongoing discussion here. We've been talking about Bruce Lipton and his research on biology of belief. And I'm about to just mention a book called Instant Healing Now by Serge Kahili King, who talks about instant healing from all sorts of different aspects using rituals and holistic medicine, and really the power of the mind to interface with the body. So that is one among many books that people should access, and you have a book coming out too, don't you, Belinda? Well, I certainly do. Um, God willing, it will be out this year, and it does touch on the, the healing that I discovered from the ancient Hawaiian teachings of Huna, which Serge King is also a Huna teacher, and we're just stepping into higher frequencies now where our bodies are tuned in because our strands of DNA are increasing, and it's creating instant healing. It's, it's creating us to be in that place of just, a, you know, a spontaneous healing, whereas before mm. maybe we were closed off to that. So, so how does this work? What's the, what are the mechanisms behind Well, we're just becoming uh, bigger. We're, we're upgrading to a, a higher kind of form of humanity, of humanness. And the, the reconnective healing that I do helps people to tap into that and to become literally bigger than they are. For instance, I had a client come just last week. He was an old client of mine. I had done hypnosis with him in the past. He had made huge transitions um, because of the hypnosis, so he had always just been very grateful. And he came back and he says, how can you do me any better? And I said, well, I'm doing this reconnective healing now. And he says, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'll try it. And he couldn't believe it. He, he kept calling me every day to say he had to pinch himself because he was feeling so much different. And he works in a very high-tech, um, um, it's just a high-stress job. He mm-hmm. he works in the wine business and with restaurants and lots of people who want things uh, yesterday and today and um, just a lot of stress from very high uh, demands put on him. And all of the demands people were giving him were just kind of he was doing them, but he wasn't being affected by it anymore. And he was so calm and he was so... It was like he was walking through his life, but he wasn't being affected by everybody else's negative stuff. It was just bouncing off of him, and he said it was amazing. Wow. What a freedom to be able to walk into the world but not be of it, that kind of idea to to know what's happening but not sit there and have it pull you down or suck you exactly. of your energy. And that's oh. really being in the present. That's what everybody talks about. How do you stay in the now because your mind is chattering and, you know, constantly the ego is getting you off on a different track. And this reconnective healing seems to, well, everybody's different. Everybody gets a different um, uh, response based on what they have inside them. And that's the beauty of it because you get out of your agenda and you don't have to know anything about the person. I put them on my table. You don't even touch the person until it's over. And these frequencies come in and give that person what they need to balance them, whatever it is at the deepest root level. And you can have one to three sessions of this. And some people choose to have the three 
And, you know, they if they don't expect anything, they really receive much more. So what do you mean they don't expect anything? Because I thought the whole aspect of faith and belief is that they walk in there with the expectation that they will be better. Well, you will be better. You will, yes, definitely. You'll be more. You will be balanced, but you don't know how that balance is going to take place. Um, Let's say, I mean, this particular man had a knee injury and a shoulder injury, and he didn't really ask for any healing in that, but he got it. He didn't know what he was going to get. Oh, so he didn't come in there and say, "Look, I'm in pain here, and this is not working right." Right, you don't target any area. You just you just lay there and know that the frequencies are going to work on you and balance you in the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical level. Whichever you need the most, that's what you're going to get. And you may not know what you need the most. Now, and that's now, the beauty of it. Now, Belinda, I know that you have done a lot of different types of healings like the HUNA and a lot of right. hypnotherapy, et cetera. Why why is the reconnective work? What's what's the draw there for you? What it just like it says, it reconnects us to a, a grid that we were once connected to. Um, I guess from the beginnings of time, you know, the, all of the major religions talk about that we were once connected, and the fall of man disconnected us. So we've been like flagellating out here. And now we are becoming reconnected to this grid. Many times I went to Machu Picchu because I felt that was a power spot Mm. or Sedona. These are Mm. these major grids that the earth is connected to us and we're connected to. And when you get this reconnection, which is different from the healing, the the reconnection is a two-day reconnection, which drawings are drawn on your acupuncture points. And this reconnects you back to that grid that connects you to the meridians of the earth and to these new axitonal lines out in the universe so that it, major, in a major way, accelerates you on your soul path, on whatever you're, you're here to do. It's like you can't not do it. That's why I had to write the book. I didn't want to write the book because I just didn't feel I had the discipline. And then I just had to do it after I had my reconnection done. That's what it does. It puts people on their path, whatever that is, so that they're they're literally being guided by their higher self or this higher fifth dimension on this soul connection of what their soul is here to, to have them do while they're in this body, in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. So what are your own experiences of how the reconnective has impacted you or changed you? Are you okay sharing that? Oh, sure. I mean, um, my son passed away. He committed suicide, which was horrific. I mean, I, there's nothing worse, deeper pain than losing a child. Right. And that was at the end of 2008. And I couldn't have healed a grasshopper at that time. But I don't consider myself, I'm a catalyst for healing. I help people heal themselves, and I think that's what healers do is we all have an ability to heal ourselves once we tap into the intelligence of the body and connect to this God self within us, which is what I learned in HUNA. And, but at that time, I had so much grief, and I had also lost a lot of my income money in a Ponzi scheme. It was like everything had been taken away. And I was just barely going through the motions. 
And I was doing my cord cutting, my ho'oponopono, which I totally believe wholeheartedly in. But yet there was still, you know, the healer has to go to somebody, too, to help be healed. And a friend of mm. mine took me to see The Living Matrix, which is a movie featuring mm. Bruce Lipton, our friend. I love him. Mm. And also mm. Dr. Eric Pearl. And I watched mm. Dr. Pearl um, do some just moving these frequencies on a young boy that had had cerebral palsy and was told he was never going to get out of that wheelchair. Well, after three sessions, that little boy was playing on the playground and holding a cup for the, for the first time. And I just... Mm. Uh, you know, I just knew the same way I knew about Huna 20 years ago, learning that the same, you know, chills came over me that I had to learn this. And two weeks later, I was on a plane to Chicago to learn it from Dr. Pearl. And it, I had my own sessions done and the grief was lifted off of me. That was huge. My joy returned and it felt like, you know, somebody had taken this blanket of darkness away and mm -hmm. I was back to my own self. I mean, that was just tremendous. So I've been doing mm -hmm. it ever since and watching people make changes, whatever they are, as subtle as they can be, it opens the door to the next step for that person. Mm -hmm. So we're on a journey. So it's not like you get healed and then you're done and then you no. go back <laughs> to your life. <laughs> yeah, right. We wish it could be so simple. It's, I mean, everybody like is always looking for that little pill outside themselves when, mm -hmm. when the magic is inside. And once you uncover these, these stories that have been, you know, that you've been believing in and investing your energy in, once you change the story, your life changes. Mm -hmm. And so if we can do that with these frequencies, change the story of the past life that was glued to your cellular memory, you don't have to know what it was. You just know that it's gone. It's like somebody went in and, you know, we did a little shimmy shake and the closet's clean. Then I, so I was just, reading the – go, yeah, go ahead. And then you can just go – keep going. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I was just – just reminded me this morning I was reading uh, Serge, Serge Kahili King. Hey. You call him Serge King. I was reading right. his book about, you know, if it takes, if it takes 40 times to relive – a new memory, which I think is an odd way to say it. But, okay, you don't like the way it came out. You hurt yourself this way. Relive that same experience, but now this time without the damage and without the complications. So relive it over and over and over. If it takes 40 times for you to empathically and intensely relive that memory, do it and keep going because your body will respond not to the fact of the event, but to the programming of how you reinstate the event. My right, you're, you're different now. You know, you're different mm. than that time long ago. And so you get to reinterpret what it means to you. And that's how, again, you can, I mean, how do people forgive the unforgivable? How mm. do you move on from that? Do you drag along the same drudgery and shame and sorrow and revenge and anger? You can, but it takes you down with it. You know, it's like swallowing now, the poison and expecting, you know, your enemy to die. Now, Brazzo is going to be coming into Los Angeles. I told you that last night, and so that's the reason why we're doing the radio show is to really open the dialogue for people to think about faith and faith healing and healers and 
my understanding from some people that uh, represent Bratzo, or I think they do, I'm not quite sure what the connection is, that he doesn't like to be called a healer, and yet the, right. he is associated with people healing. Uh, what is your experience with Bratzo? What is your thoughts about what his gaze is all about? It's a catalyst. You know, we, we do things. I go to Hawaii to swim with the wild spinner dolphins, and I gaze mm. into their eye. Or at, at, several years ago, I was in Tonga and was eye to eye with a humpback whale. It changes you. It completely um, reinvents you because at the deepest part of your soul of all of us is this this total bud of unconditional love, of mm. and it taps into what that is. And so as Bratso looks at you, gazes you, as the dolphins do this, the whale, wild animals, you come in touch with the soul, You're, the essence of the beauty of that love, that perfect, perfect, unconditional love. And so mm. it, the other stuff melts away because it can't hang on to it. It's not real. The only thing real is love. But you can't feel it if you're invested in the image that the ego has created with all our false images around us. And so if love is all there is and he gazes at you, then let all those other things come down. Are, are you suggesting that if we perfectly love ourselves yes. and those around us, but right now we're focusing on our own experience, that we perfectly love ourselves, that we will not attack or allow attack against our physical body? Absolutely. We will not be, we'll cease to be victims. Because when you love yourself, again, you, you stand up for yourself as well. You don't go, give in to other people's power over you. So you do it in a healthy way. You know, you don't fall short of giving yourself up to someone who could hurt you or victimize you. You would feel worthy to stand up and... You walk away or not, you know, hang out with those kind of people or not give off that kind of vibration because all you are is a magnetic vibration. You attract fear into your life by the fear that you have within your life. I was afraid of the ocean and now I swim with dolphins. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's with that? <laughs> I had to make myself go through the illusion of the fear before I could finally say, oh, the water, the ocean, it's so nurturing. I love this. And then mm. begin to take people to swim with the dolphins. I was afraid to see a shark. Well, of course, then I had to face a shark. But it was fine. And whenever I feel any kind of, um, you know, danger like that, the dolphins are there to surround me and protect me. Mm. Wow. But whatever yeah. you fear, you will face mm. because mm. it's a magnet. And and it's only to come to you so that you can break through it and melt it, melt it away. It's not real. So so, so the power of behind all this is this big, unfiltered, pure love. And that and how does a person know that they're in the presence of their own, or God, or uh, a healer's? unfettered, unfiltered, pure love. How, how, how does one experience that? I, I believe nothing is asked of you. You know, you just, you kind of, um, you don't have to do anything. You're just, you just are. You're just there. 
Nothing is expected of you. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to do anything. Um, you're in the presence of a high being, and that's who you are. You are so magnificent and so wonderful that you're afraid. We are afraid to look at that because we haven't been told that we're that perfection. But once those illusions are melted away and you stand in that truth, the the purity of that love is just um <laughs> it's it's unconditional it's it's not boastful it's just is so when a person reaches out to that it's not an act of self-centeredness or narcissism or self self-grandiosity it's not an elevation of one to kind of replace a god um it is it is what it's in contrast. What happens, it is. I think, is your compassion opens up, and your mindfulness opens up, and you become kinder to others. Um, you you just come from the heart, instead of being just connected to the mind and what the mind can. The mind can make up anything. <laughs> it's not connected to your higher self. It just is connected to the unconscious part of you that runs your body. So that's why getting the mind in alignment so that it can be the adult to your unconscious, you know, and and have you take deep breaths and have you take walks and have you do something for yourself that's nurturing for yourself. Then you you become partners in alignment with the mind and your unconscious mind. Hmm. Did that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I'm just thinking about, how what a paradigm shift this is like we hear this you know unconditional love and god's unconditional love and and things of that sort but you're saying that this is not a theory this is not just something ethereal this is something to embrace at the very primal level and at all levels to really well and our world is now shifting from just a mind-centered world into more of a heart-centered world we're becoming more awake and alert um when we're working in a in a company that doesn't honor us or our spirit or our integrity, people are leaving their jobs. They're creating their own jobs. They're they don't want to be disrespected, and because that hurts your soul. People want to feel, um, you know, acknowledged and and that they're doing some good in the world, and that money isn't just um, you know the end all that whatever you're doing, you love to do because that's what your soul is here to do. Hmm. You're here to be that. So I think we're becoming, through a lot of things falling down, much more uh, cognizant of, you know, what what it is really like to be a human in this world. And thus then we're creating a new world, a new, you know, paradigm, you know, new jobs, um, just we're becoming more aware. College kids, I mean, they get out of college and they're not going to tolerate all this student loans that they owe all this money and still they can't get a job. They say, no, we we won't accept that. So, I mean, it, it takes, you know, sometimes a thrust or a kick in the pants to finally change the way that we've been doing things. And I think our spirit is being honored in the process. Well, listeners, you're you're in the presence of a healer, another healer. You know, we talked about Mary O'Malley. Now you're in the presence of another healer, Belinda Farrell. 
And Belinda, one thing I love about you is that you exude love from every pore in your body. And such sincerity and such such a gift. To be in your presence is just like, I don't know, to me it's like being in the presence of a songbird. Just beautiful, beautiful radiance comes from you. For you, it may be like akin to when you're in the presence of dolphins. <laughs> so, listen, I love I'm being a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm may I say that you. it takes one to know one. <laughs> I'm going to ask Belinda on our behalf that she not only conduct us, I know you sang for us the last time you were on, but conduct for us something that helps us really tap and connect into the power of this love that you're talking about. Well, just take a deep breath, a deep breath up to the top of your head. It's like a, and then it's a ha exhale. And then it's a ha ha. So that you just let it kind of just melt down through your body, all the way down through your body, down into the balls of your feet and into the Mother Earth. And just do that four times, all the way up to the top of your head. Hold it for about a count of four, and then exhale for the count of four. Just deep breath. Hold it, and then ha. Just let it melt down. And another one, deep breath. To the top of your head, and then ah. Uh, that's right, and just one more. And then ah. Uh, by doing that all during the day, you know, the dolphins have to breathe every seven minutes. They have to come and take mm-hmm. a breath, or they'll mm-hmm. die. And mm-hmm. we as conscious breathers, as humans, if we don't take that deep breath to the top of our heads, we die a spiritual death because mm-hmm. our higher selves live up in the crown chakra, up above the crown chakra. It doesn't have a body. And so we have to give permission through our free will to bring it down. And that breath is key. It's a missing link. I talk about this in my book. There's some missing links that you can't just have a thought of something. You've got to make the connection. And this is a physical connect, giving your higher self honey from your physical body to bring it down inside the physical body and help you to change and heal. That is Mm. one of the keys. So by just doing that breath all through the day, regardless of what you're going through, you're going to feel better because you'll feel more connected to this higher part of you that really is your team. It's your God self. Everyone has a higher self, but you have to choose to bring it down inside of you. And that's one of the Beautiful. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and and everyone has this. So remember, your ego is keeping you from doing this. It would rather have you go look out there, go do something out there, everything out, 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 out. But if you can just remember, just remember to take those four breaths at different times during the day, you're going to feel very connected. That is beautiful. You know, and and so easy. Uh, James Redfield, in his book, Shambhala, talks about the deep breathing, and I was listening to him while I was going on my walk, and he said, if you just pause and you take in the beauty that surrounds you. So I did that, and I was surrounded by the cliffs and the ocean and plants and birds, and, uh, and, and, I, and I suddenly realized all the deep breathing I was doing was a gift from the plants that I was yeah. surrounded by. 
and that I was taking them in, and then when I blew out, that I was gifting their fuel to them, and that this was such a synergistic moment for me, that we are tied so much into everything around us, and that this breath is a part of receiving the gift, and it's a part of giving the gift. That's right. So, I mean, there's our secrets. We're we're returning back to the source. This was all, you know, written down. and Well, it wasn't written. It was in ancient times. It was practiced. And then we forgot. And now we're coming back. So my website, hunahealing.com, you know, if people resonate, they can get in touch with me and maybe have one of these reconnections or reconnected healing session. That would be okay. a wonderful thing for themselves. That would be Okay, now I'm going to write this on my my Facebook here. So Huna Healing Everybody dot com. Y'all got that? Okay, and this is with Belinda. Belinda It's F is in Frank A R R E L L. Belinda Farrell. Belinda Farrell, and you can find this on my Facebook, everybody. That's Dr. Carol Francis' Facebook for the show, as well as you'll see it on a press release for the show as well. Well, Belinda, you are such a blessing to my life, and I thank you for sharing this time with us. Thank you. You too, Carol. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you in March. Yes, absolutely. And you're going to contribute to the book that I'm putting together during that time. So there we go. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Many alohas and mahalos. Thank you. Take care. Bless you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Everybody, we're going to take another break. magical way of being able to make the healing process or summoning our capacity to resonate with this world in a very positive way extremely simple. And it isn't as if her life has been filled with nothing but positive experiences and so it's been easy for her to feel good just because her life is good. She actually embraces it in the face of absolute severe difficulties that her life has had to negotiate. So Thank you so much for Belinda sharing that for us. And Mary O'Malley, thank you as well for being a part of the program. We are going to hear from Kathy Kennedy in a moment, and she's going to be talking to us about the healing process related to DNA. So in light of that forthcoming, I'm going to put on another break and we'll be back. Hello, this is Dr. Carol Francis returning from the bake, and we have with us Kathy Kennedy. How are you? I'm fine, Dr. Carol. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm just having a great time talking to all the healers that are coming on, and now you are as well. I'm so glad you're here. Everybody, if you're not familiar with Kathy Kennedy, you need to be, and I'm going to spell her name for you. Uh, Kathy, correct me if I'm wrong, K-A-T-H-I. 
and then Kennedy. Yep. Is that a traditional spelling of Kennedy? No, it's K E N E D I. Here we go. K K E N D E I, and that's going to appear on my Facebook right in about five seconds, so that everybody can look you up and know what's going on. You happen to be posted on my webs on my YouTube channel where you have actually done an interview with me about the healing that you have done through DNA work and hypnosis. So I'm really intrigued by this because I know that Bruce Lipton, whom I started the program out with, is a big proponent of us recognizing that we can change the very essence of our DNA. And if we don't even change the essence of our DNA, we can change the environment that influences what is expressed from our DNA. And this is on the very most basic cellular level. So I'm very excited about experiencing this as well, talking to you about this process as well. So are you ready to dive into the topic? I certainly am. And um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what are you thinking about these days along these lines? Well, um, I've been doing the, the, the process that I use is called genetic consciousness. And it really is a process through hypnosis that goes into the DNA. And what I've learned, I've been doing this for doing the DNA work for probably about eight years now. And it's been very interesting to see what happens with people when they go in and start working at that level within themselves. You know, everybody has their own inner wisdom, and and I work with their own inner wisdom when they go into their DNA. They may come in for a situation of maybe they want to stop eating so much. And I had a, I've actually had a, a young woman that came in who couldn't stop eating in the evening. It was just something she couldn't stop doing. She had tried everything. So, oh, well, let's go. Do you want to go into your DNA? And she said, sure, let's see what's going on. She, can't, she tried everything else. And so when we went into that part of her, it was interesting what she found. You know, she found a part of her DNA. Her inner wisdom took her right to that part in her DNA, and it showed that it was just not working well. It was it was kind of dark and it was cobwebby, and so she cleared it out in her own way. And this big yellow light came through. Huh. And when when she came out of her hypnosis session and she went back home. She wrote to me about a month later, and she said, you know, it's very interesting. She said, every time I try to even think about eating in the evening, this big, bright yellow light comes into her mind and and becomes a big presence inside of her, and she's no longer hungry. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, I yeah, and so it can work on something as simple as that. And it can also work on, on, on areas where people have severe illness. Again, it's not the end all. It doesn't mean that somebody comes in to work on an illness and it's going to go away. What happens with the DNA process is that what's going to happen is what's going to be the best for them. And, again, their inner wisdom knows exactly what to do. They may get help for uh, maybe alleviating some of, the, some of the symptoms or they might completely let it all go. Like in my case, I let it all go. I, mean, I was diagnosed mm. with multiple sclerosis over 20 years ago. And, wow. I mean, it was I was on a cane. I had my vision was not well. I had trouble speaking. It was the whole left side of my body was gone. And oh my I, yes, and so I did. Part of the treatment that I used was hypnosis, and it took me a long time to understand that I could actually let this cystus go. I had lesions on the right side of my brain. I guess I had my MRI showed that, 
And so I kept working with hypnosis, and I actually changed. I actually changed everything within my structure. A few years ago, I had to have a MRI done, and the wow. lesions on the right side of my brain were gone. They don't exist anymore. So I do know oh, wow. that we have, yeah, it was, it was really, it was a real confirmation. I always knew it was gone, but having that confirmation was really very helpful. So I do know that for some personal experience that this can be done, and I did use the DNA process on myself many times and tried, went into just these different areas and, and, and worked on them, and it did work for me. And I've worked with other patients or clients that have had the same results where they've had things actually change. One woman came in who had severe arthritis, and she was a nurse, and she tried everything. She was on every kind of medication you can think of trying to get rid of this. And she went in one session. She Again, her, her inner wisdom took her right to where she needed to go inside of her DNA, and mm-hmm. she found areas that were not connected, that weren't working. And so mm-hmm. in her own way, she fixed it and changed it. And when she came out of that session, she had instant relief in her elbows. And then it started getting wow. better and better throughout her body. So the power of our mind and our ability to uh-huh. change our DNA, our thoughts, and our own actions and our own beliefs absolutely work, and we can change. Now, are you familiar with any of the uh, research on this, or any? I mean, how how technically have we gotten here in terms of actually testing this and measuring on a cellular level that the DNA is altering? Well, that's something. No, that I don't. You know, we're we're the the research that I've read has only taken us to a certain point. You know, science hasn't caught up. They're they're starting to understand that some of the things that are genetic that we didn't know were genetic before, they're starting to discover that there's there's actually something going on. A good example is, um, well, for one thing, like alcoholism. That you know, for a long time they didn't know what caused it. They just knew that some people had it. They thought it was just a matter of willpower. Why aren't you? Why can't you just quit? And they're finding now that there's actually a gene that's associated to addiction. And that's something that was that was, I mean, I saw I knew that a long time ago, and so they know that that that's there. Now, can we change that? I think that we can if we go into if we allow people the opportunity to explore and use their own their own inner wisdom to go in and and look at that part of their their genetic makeup and see if it's right for them to change it. And this is where it gets sticky, Carol. Is that when doctors in science, when they look at certain things, if they can't prove it in a science lab, then they really can't teach it to their doctors. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where, where spirit and, and uh, science clash. And, you know, a lot of people have, they have, if they have deep-seated beliefs inside of them that says, no, this is what I have, this is what I, I, I can't change it. Even if they even if they say it openly, I want to change it. I want to change it. Or I can change. They say it in their in their conscious state. There's too much underneath this that's blocking it, and that's where hypnosis can come in and help. Also, is to relieve some of that, remove some of the the blocks that are there. From it could be from childhood. It could be from anything. I mean, you know, maybe maybe their parents told them that they were they were sickly as children, and and that got stuck inside of them and so when they try to get well or anything comes up they get it because their mm-hmm. their their brain is telling them that this is what's supposed to happen 
So it can be changed. It's going to take a little while for, for science to catch up. They're getting there. It's going to take a little while for science to catch up. Yeah, I think this whole uh, study of the epigenetics and then Bruce Lipton's catapulted you know, through his research in Stanford. Thank you, Stanford, for being open to these sorts of things. The work that Greg Braden has done has opened the doors oh, for yeah. actually combining you know, the spiritual aspect with science. And that has been very interesting because he's been decoding the DNA. Oh, and. Oh, yeah, and I remember I remember I went to one of his lectures and he talked about the, the, you know he, when they decoded the first layer of the DNA and it was in every language that they could test this against the actual letters you know, that are that are put onto each area it came out to say God eternal inside the body hmm. Which means we are all the same, every one of us. It's like it's like this whole unit. Every every one of us, every person on this earth, we're like one unit. <laughs> and so every time we, every time somebody goes through a healing, that kind of gets sent out to the universe, and it starts to manifest into a little more of reality that we can do this. Mm-hmm. And so we're all evolving at the same time, and we are going to come to these conclusions. We are going to come to new ways of healing. And I think that we are really in our infancy in it, but it's getting there, and I'm very excited to be part of it. I just think that the new generation is very hard pressed toward materialism and survival and manifesting and you know, human human power. That they they have kind of stepped away from the spiritual because it's so loaded with religiosity and dogma, as opposed to uh, emotional, mental uh, impact and. Uh, relevance to them now suddenly with the power of their brain the power of their emotions the power of their spirit to be able to go wait a minute i can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. i have got to reconfigure my awareness of of who i am on the ethereal level um it, it's going to be interesting watching a new generation take this research and move with it when they're very materialistically oriented due to science due to technology it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. It is, because they're the ones that are going to make the connection. You know, yeah. they, they are throwing away the dogma of traditional religion. A lot mm-hmm. of them are. They don't, they don't mm-hmm. find it satisfying. They don't find it working for them. So mm-hmm. it, it, we are going to see it, but they're very, very technically inclined. And it will happen. You know, they'll, they'll find that connection and make it work. And when mm-hmm. they do... And we'll, we'll, then we'll see, we'll see science and spirit come together, and mm-hmm. and work in a way that we never imagined possible. Of course, I can imagine it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh, and, and the power of our imagination. Now, suddenly, the art, our imagination becomes a tool, not just to create a phantom, but to create actual, you know, the power of manifestation and such. I think that also, though, people have become very skeptical about the power of our imagination manifestation because suddenly, you know, with the economics being the way it is, everybody said they could wish themselves into physical wealth, and now look what's happened, that kind of idea. So uh, it's it's like we have to purify what it means to believe, but what it does mean to believe, so what does it mean to believe and therefore to be able to heal it or to manifest in the body? What does it mean to believe? 
Well, it comes right back down to what's 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 going on with each individual underneath everything. I mean, if if they've got if they've got core beliefs inside of them from childhood or from even from a traumatic event that tells them that they can't go past a certain economic level, as an example, then no matter what they do, they're going to bring themselves back into situations that will never allow them to get past that. Hmm. So it really comes down to each person individually exploring for themselves what's going on and letting Hmm. it go. And once they do that, then that opens the door for them to put into action the things that they want in their life. Letting, just just by letting go of of old belief patterns that don't work for them anymore. And many people aren't aware of it. They don't even know that they have these mm-hmm. things. All they know is that they every day they go through life and and they can't get ahead. They can't they can't let go of uh, a certain illness. They can't let go of their weight. They can't stop smoking. They can't they can't get ahead in life financially. And it really comes down to what's going on inside of them. And so, again, is it, it's up to them to, to, to do that exploration and to find out. Now, I've run into situations too, Carol, which is very interesting, where I've had people come in who, again, as we've, I did have somebody come in that wanted to get ahead financially and couldn't. And when, through hypnosis and, and as they explored themselves and used their inner wisdom, the conclusion was, that this person didn't wasn't right for them to go beyond where they were. They, at a spiritual level, believed that any hardships that they were going through at that time was the right thing for them. Hmm. And and they confirmed it within themselves. So so there you go. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's not right for everybody to to exceed beyond what they um, you know what they wish for. It depends mm. on what's right for them. And everybody knows internally what's mm. right. And if there's mm. something in their block that's not right for them, they'll let it go. If it's not, then then that's what they're dealing with so for their own mm. for their own learning experience. Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, to what degree do we buy into that this is right for me to do, but really it's just a belief that's a limiting belief. So you know when people say you know trust and trust and that we know I'm not so sure one of my I keep this beside my desk here at the where I'm at the radio here and it says our deepest fear is not that we are adequate or inadequate excuse me our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us we ask ourselves who am I to be brilliant gorgeous talented and fabulous well actually who are you not to be. You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as God, as children That's do. Right. That's so, right. So, you know, Mandela, who lived in prison for, you know, I can't remember how many years, 17 years or something, comes out and he says this dynamically to a group of South Americans that are oppressed by the, Africa, the Africanos, if I'm saying that correctly, so, it, you know, we can really buy into a limiting belief and say, oh, this is just my lot. I remember the the songs by the slaves in, you know, early American days where, you know, they carry my soul to the bosom of Abraham and 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 help me, Jesus, in my time of trouble. 
all of which is very beautiful in terms of reaching out for comfort. But on the other hand, um, these slaves were, uh, they were taught, they were telling their masters that there were other slaves that were trying to create a revolution so that they wouldn't be enslaved because they believed it was their lot to be slaves. So it's, it's like, you know, we can buy into horrible situations and say, no, this is my lot and just carry me through this and comfort me in my lot. But, boy, you got to watch out about what those beliefs are really all about. You do. And, you know, it's, it, it, those, those beliefs can be carried down um, ancestrally and and people there don't even realize there. Right. And done some of that work too and it's been very, very interesting to see what people have carried through uh, mm-hmm. from their their relatives. I had one woman that came in who um, absolutely had some horrible, horrible fears that she couldn't let go of and it made mm-hmm. no sense because it wasn't anything that she had experienced in her lifetime and yet mm-hmm. when she went into hypnosis, we, took, we did the DNA and she went into an area for DNA that actually was directly connected to an uncle of hers that she had never met. It was probably like four generations back. And Mm -hmm. when she went into that life where he was, she could see everything, what was going on with him, what the fear was, and and she could see the direct connection to her. Mm -hmm. Well, she cut that off, and, you know, the fears went away. Wow. So that can be carried down. And and like I said, again, we don't always know, you know, know, what it is. And... So when I work with people, I, I, I encourage them to explore as deeply as they would like to explore and, and do it in a way that's right for them. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's kind of my, my motto with, with people is that, you know, their inner wisdom is smarter than mine <laughs> when mm-hmm. it comes to them. Mm-hmm. They know more than I do. So giving them that opportunity to explore and, and in, in an area that's, that's right for them is, has been what's worked best for people. But a lot of people do come right through and they and they, they find the the exact core reason for what's going on and they let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That shows mm-hmm. it can be done. Absolutely can be done. I get the impression right. that during the during the course of your your work at one point you must say, Well, is this something you want to hold on to? Is this meaningful to you or are you ready to let it go? That's right. And, and and sometimes, in some cases, what I have found is that people do hold on to it and they have reasons. And, it's, and I honor that. You know, I honor mm-hmm. their reasons for holding mm-hmm. on to it. They're getting, whatever they're getting out of it, they're getting out of it. doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they will hold on forever. They might come back the next year and then they're ready mm-hmm. to let it go. But getting yeah, Kathy, we, point, yes, we, had, we had someone that was calling here, and I lost her. I'm going to encourage that person to call back at 626-414-3510. 626-414-3510. It seems, Kathy, someone wants to talk to you. So I'm going to, right at this moment, let's interrupt. Let's, let's, how can this person and other people get in touch with you, Kathy? Oh, um, anybody can call me directly at 714-401-7000. Or they can also visit my. They can also reach me by email at Kathy at bottomlinehypnosis.com. And my website also is www. 
dot bottom line hypnosis dot com. Beautiful. And that's so, Kathy K A T H I, yes. Yeah, K A T H I. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I'm posting this to everybody on my Facebook so that you can get the exact spelling. It's all too complicated for me. I'm going to see if I'm going to take this caller here, Kathy Holt, and you're going to be able to hear this. Hello, caller. Welcome to Dr. Carol Francis, and we're on with Kathy Kennedy. How are you today? Yeah, hi. Uh, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to ask uh, about a question relating to what is happening to me now, but it's not related to the topic that you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Kathy, what do you I've think? Just, do you think we can flex with this one? Absolutely. Absolutely is right. Yes, go for it. What's your first name? Uh, my name is Ophelia. Okay, hi. What's hi. your question? Uh, my question is, I have this throbbing headache on my right side of my brain and my neck. Uh, my neck is painful on my right side and I just started a drug by a psychiatrist on the Christmas day. Could it be the drug or it could be under reason? What should I do about it? Well, Kathy, since you're on and you're a healer, what? how would you approach this if she came to you and talked to you about what was going on with her body? Okay, could you? I didn't quite hear everything that she said was going on on the right side of her brain. Can you repeat that? On the right side of your body, on the right side of your brain, you're going through some pain. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, uh, it's like it's like emptiness and it's like a headache. Headache and emptiness. Okay, now my left side is having headache. So I just what do you mean by headache? By headache? It's, like, it's, it's like a sharp pain. Oh, got it. Okay. All right, Kathy. So you've got so a sharp and a sharp pain. On the right side of your of your head, and then in, and also in your body. Yes, on my body and on my chest area. Okay, and um, and have you have you had anything checked out physically with a doctor? Uh, no. Okay, yeah, but you have been seeing a psychiatrist. Yes. Okay, and what did the psychiatrist? I didn't hear what you said. That, what, what was the result of that? session with your psychiatrist? I did. I'm taking a form of medication, so I'm wondering if this that medicine is the one that's causing this kind of problem, but I highly doubt so because the last time I took it, it, it doesn't cause this sort of problem, so I'm thinking it's other causes other than that medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, because my field is psychology, um, I'm going to field this question for just a moment. We're really not psychiatrists here, and we're not pharmacologists. It's really difficult to take that, but that's a great question to talk to your pharmacologist about, to be quite honest, in terms of the side effects. But, um, Kathy, can I just use this as an opportunity for you to say, how would you approach her pain, her sharp pain, in terms of understanding the DNA or the emotional aspect of it, how would you deal with that, Kathy? What I would do is uh, actually bring you in for a hypnosis session and allow you to explore the area. You can actually do that. You can actually explore the area of your of your of where the pain is and what's related to it emotionally, and and find out if it's something that you know, do you have something else going on inside of you that's feeding that pain. Or, or is it something that, you know, is just there and it's maybe it's a side effect? But, 
the truth is is that there's a part of you, a deep part of you, that absolutely knows what's going on. And and going in and exploring that will help give you some answers to what's going on. Is it medication? Is it something that is it emotional? Is there something else going on that perhaps you need to go see a doctor about? But there's a part of you that is very wise, beyond wise, and knows what's going on. And mm-hmm. so that was my approach to actually bring you in for a hypnosis session so that you would explore and get some answers for yourself and some direction on what to do next mm-hmm. or to let go if there's anything emotionally that's going on, to let that go also so that that's not feeding into it anymore. Thanks very much, caller, for reaching out. Keep listening. I'm going to ask Kathy. Um, you know, I wish we could have you do like a hypnosis session right now. So, like, you're going to induce it. Okay, I'm in a hypnotic state. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a hypnotic state. And I'm experiencing pain in my stomach, okay? So now what's your next statement? What do you say to me? Okay, what I would say to you is to go ahead and go directly into the area of where the pain is. To just go right into it. Okay, I'm right and, there. Okay, and as you're in there, notice what is it like in there? Just describe it in any way that makes sense to you. Oh, a whole lot of water. <laughs> okay, so very moist. Go very, in, very moist. Okay, so you go into the you, you you know the water's there, and you and you start dialoguing with that water and asking the water what is its purpose for being there. Uh, let's see. To keep me buoyant. <laughs> These are the first things that are coming to my mind. I'm amused. Uh, right. And so so by being buoyant, it, you know, what, what, what is its purpose for being buoyant connecting to the pain? I don't know. So I know you're asking, I'm, I know you're saying, okay, your inner wisdom has knowledge on this, and so I'm... I'm not really deeply into a trance, but I'm, I face a sense of I don't know. So now what do you do with your with the person you're working with? So if you don't know, then we go back to square one and start over and start you know, finding any other areas in your body that would get your attention in regarding to this. So somewhere in your body you're holding that information. And um, so, I would, so I would take you through other areas that that need to be addressed first. Obviously, that area doesn't need to be addressed first. Even though that's where you're initially feeling everything, there's something else going on. So I would take you through a process of exploration, of scanning your body and finding what gets your attention. And at that time, um, may even take you into your DNA and guide you through into your DNA to find out if there's anything going on in there that's related to the pain in your stomach or anything else that's going on in your body that's, that's, that's touching that area. Mm. That's too, and take you through that process. Mm. You want, want to go into yeah. your DNA? So, so you know the caller that we just had. I mean, obviously, you we're asking really wise questions about have you gone to a physician? Do you know any medical information? Have you done that kind of uh, due diligence about your well-being? Um, is that a way of exploring their conscious? wisdom, or their, their outward activity and wisdom, and then you take them into their unconscious wisdom where they it, it isn't attached to Western medicine, it's attached to some other process? I, that's right. Um, asking questions in their conscious state gives you an idea, well, gives me an idea of, of, of what they believe to be true at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and I may end up 
addressing that in the session. I don't know. It depends on where they go, where their inner wisdom mm-hmm. takes them. But having mm-hmm. information can be very helpful in the session because sometimes mm-hmm. will come up, and that mm-hmm. might be feeding a deeper belief system that they can get to from you know just by acknowledging that information that the doctor told them. So that's why I ask a lot of questions to, about you know what have you been told. You know, have you seen a doctor? What was the diagnosis? What you know, what happened? So I have a better idea of what they what they believe to be true. Hmm. Uh, that then, is a, a very, very good point, Kathy. Would it, we can get in touch with you by calling seven one four four zero one six six eight one, or we can email you at Kathy. That's K A T H I at bottomlinehypnosis.com or see your website, which is www.bottomlinehypnosis.com. Did I do that all accurately? Um, the phone number is, is was wrong. It's 714-401-6686. Oh, boy, okay. I'm going to have a correction here on my Facebook, and, and everybody, <laughs> that other person's going to be getting calls and asking for the healer, and they're going to go, what in the world is going on? Kathy, you've been a delight. Let's do this again very soon. And with the demonstration and caller, I thank you for listening, and I wish you recovery with your pain. And those of you that are listening, we are going to now transition on to our next healer. Kathy, you're awesome. We will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, Kathy. This is Carol Francis. How are you doing today? Hello? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, dear. Hello, Kathy? Oh, my goodness. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the switchboard was saying that you were on and you weren't. And okay, there you go. Hi, it's good to talk to you today. Um, Kathy, introduce yourself. I've met you one time before, but it's Kathy Wood- Woodward. Is that correct? What is your last name? It's actually wolf rum, wolf like the animal and rum like the drink, as my family would say. Oh, I and got it's, it. It's interesting that the um, person that was just talking is also a Kathy with an I, K and an I, which is an unusual spelling for Kathy. I just thought that was kind of ironic, two Kathys in oh, a row. Oh, you're exactly the same, huh? Yes, yes. There's oh, I didn't, Kathy, Lori, and Vicky in my family. I just thought that was funny when you when – you, when you said Kathy with an I, I'm like, wow, <laughs> there you oh, go. All righty. Well, so let you... me introduce myself. I, I am a chiropractor. I have been practicing uh, chiropractic for over 20 years, and my practice is in San Pedro on the corner of 25th and Western, and I actually consider myself more of a energy medicine doctor. I do energy work through a technique called BEST which stands for Bioenergetic Synchronization Technique. Hmm. Bioenergetic Synchronization Technique. It's all about getting in alignment, the mind and the body, and getting everything working together to create optimum health. Hmm. 
Huh. Okay, so how do you spell synchronization? Because I'm putting this on my Facebook here. I want people to look this up. S Y N C R C H R O. Oh wait, synchronization. Now you got me messed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I got. It. Okay. Well, I got it. Okay, you got it. Synchronization. Go. I That's all I needed to know. I just was blocking on it. So this is yeah, really good. This is really good. Well, and then people that are interested in finding out more about the technique, it was um, invented by Dr. M.T. Mortar from Arkansas, and it has been around for about 40 years. And he has a the Mortar Health System, and they do seminars around the world and um, originally only taught chiropractors how to do this technique, and now it's open to all practitioners. And um, I was just fortunate enough when I was in chiropractic college 20-something years ago to have heard Dr. Mortar when he came to speak at a lunchtime one time in our auditorium. And um, I got the bug then, and I've been practicing his technique ever since. Well, I know that Mary O'Malley, who was on the first part of this show, speaks extraordinarily highly of you, and I was so excited when she mentioned you and you were able to come and speak on this particular show. So walk us through this technique. Pretend I am a patient. I'm walking into your office, and now you're going to say, let's do the best technique. I'll say, well, best is good. Let's do best. What do you really mean? Well, it's it's kind of interesting how people find me, and I always feel like they're there at the perfect time. And mm-hmm. oftentimes patients will say, why didn't I come sooner? And I said, well, and I always will say, you probably weren't ready then, and you are now. And, you know, somehow things are lined up in the universe for you to come through my doors now. And usually mm-hmm. people are either coming specifically because they know about the best technique and they, they want to um, utilize it for their health, or they hear that I don't crack bones, which I don't do any forceful manual manipulation. I do all the this energy work through um, holding different acupressure points on the body and updating the neuromuscular pulses between the mind and the body. So when when people come in, I let them know right off the bat that this is going to be different than anything you've ever experienced, especially if it's someone that's coming in and they've seen a litany of doctors. They've they've been to, you know, many medical doctors. They've tried um, many different therapies as well as, you know, many different medications, and they still have an ongoing problem. What makes this technique different and uh, this form of chiropractic and, and healing is that it addresses the emotions that get stored at a subconscious level and they interfere with your health. And more than not, we're not even aware that these these subconscious emotional memories are running our life and our health, and we the body was meant to survive, so it's just in survival mode, and the body is just playing out the signals that it's given. Does this sound familiar some, from other work that you may have heard of? Well, I mean, there's, all, there's always a kind of somewhat of a parallel, but you're saying that this also involves you putting pressure points on, like, meridians or... Yes, they would correlate. They are similar to the meridian, the energy channels in the body, although it it isn't an Eastern medicine. It doesn't follow the exact meridians of the body. It addresses more where the original nervous system was developed, um, the brain tissue, the central nervous uh, system tissue, and most of the contact points are on the skull, um, along the spine, so we're addressing more the 
autonomic, the sympathetics and the parasympathetics. But there's um, many more parts to the technique because I will address issues to find where the interference. Is it stored at a conscious level? Is it a mental thought? Is it something that like a reoccurring thought that you keep playing over and over in your mind and you're aware of it? Or is it more of a feeling that's stored at a subconscious level that you're you're not aware of? And I have a chart of emotions, and I will find the particular word through the muscle testing that I do. I'll find the particular emotion and have you think about that emotion while I'm holding the contact points. And it also involves um, different breathing patterns, so we're tapping into that part of the nervous system, different eye positions, which also is tapping into different parts of the brain. And um, so when you couple the breathing, the eye position, um, the emotion, and me holding the contact points, these are all parts of the treatment that will create that shift to remove that interference. And um, it's it's very powerful. I mean, I've seen some incredible, um, you know, miracles, and I just, you know, have come to expect them. And it's it's gentle, and it doesn't hurt the patient, and it doesn't hurt myself. And, you know, people keep coming back for more, and they don't have to come, you know, five times a week or three times a week for, you know, six weeks. So oftentimes they can get better in a couple of visits. Well, wow, that is nice. Do you have some examples of of the, of the healing that people have experienced with the outcome? Uh, well, you know, first of all, people that come in that are in, you know, acute pain, um, almost, you know, instantaneously feel better or feel better uh, later that night or the next day, it's completely gone. And they're, you know, they, they always are kind of surprised, like, I don't know, you know, what you did, but I mean, it was just gone. I mean, I feel so much better. I hear that all the time. Or it could be they come in with an acute situation, but they also may have some other underlying chronic conditions, which they don't even let me know about. And in the course of treating the acute thing, it also addresses other issues, and they start feeling better. And they'll say, wow, you know, since I've been coming to see you, I've noticed that I've had less and less, you know, problems with my allergies. I've had almost, you know, no asthma attacks. I mean, I just feel better. My, res- my respiration is just so much better overall. So it has, you know, side benefits, even if that isn't the key thing that we're addressing at that treatment. Can you share anything that you experienced yourself when you were first learning this technique that made you very adherent to its value in contrast to all the other techniques that, as a chiropractor, are available to you? I mean, what what was your own personal hands-on wow that made best such an optimal opportunity for you to share with others well I, I I'm a very sensory type of person and I have a tendency mm-hmm. to to check in with myself and check in with my gut and how something resonates with me and it's very mm-hmm. difficult for me to do or follow anything that I don't completely embrace at a at a vibrational level with my soul and um, for some reason when I was first you know introduced to Dr. Mortar and his work um, you know way back when 
um, it resonated with me. And even though at that mm. time I was learning so many different chiropractic techniques, it kept coming back into my universe. And, you know, and finally to the point where, you know, I just had to let other things go and just follow that path. And, you know, I've never wow. looked back since. I continue to um, recertify myself every year. I go to all of the, you know, updating seminars and um, participate, and I help sometimes with um, the actual, uh, tr- you know, teaching. And um, it's just now I've gotten to the point where I, I love what I do so much, and now I'm starting to teach seminars and lectures just on self-help and, and growth and health and tying in all this wonderful stuff that I've been studying with the everyday lives that we lead. Okay, so I'm a patient. I walk in there. You're you're pushing these various points, and you, you choose a word such as, um, I don't know, would it be more like empathic or more like sadness or anger or is it like the negative emotions that there are negative and there are there are negative and there are positive emotions and usually um uh, oftentimes it will be a positive emotion and what has happened is usually back in your childhood you know before you were even let's say eight years old and you were in an enthusiastic state about something that you were doing and then you got you know the rug pulled out from underneath you or you were criticized or your feelings were hurt for being over enthusiastic so then you you kind of created this this belief of if you allow yourself to feel too much enthusiasm you know something bad's going to happen so that got stored at a subconscious level now here you are mm-hmm. 40 years later you're a 48 year old you know person and you're feeling enthusiastic and that little you know alarm goes off that says whoa you know, tone that down a little bit. You know what happens when you feel enthusiasm. So now that's interfering with you expressing your true authentic self at, at this age. It is no longer appropriate. It may have been appropriate back in that moment when you were, um, you know, being disciplined. But now here at 48, you should be allowed to express your feelings how you choose. So those are the type of, um, you know, old interferences that I like to find and clear those out. Because what happens when you store a bunch of old interferences in that way in your body, they cause exhaustion. And um, it, there's all this spent energy that's going to these, you know, old, unnecessary routines, habits, beliefs that are, that are, that are not really true and they're not doing you a service to your health. Does that make sense? Absolutely does. I'm thinking that we spend a lot of time investing in worry and fantasizing about our worries. And and on one hand, I believe that thinking about a worrisome situation can be productive in terms of making sure you're prepared for the circumstance and that you're you're on task or you're you know you've done your due diligence to be able to work through that. For example, I have an earthquake kick kit kit on the upstairs mm-hmm. and downstairs of my home. You know, it's like okay if I'm gonna worry about it enough to actually do something about it. But it sounds like you're saying that the in this situation I see people worrying and creating fantasies of avalanches coming down on their head, uh whatever the avalanche is comprised of when they're really not even in the midst of the avalanche. I mean, they're not even close to anything really happening, but their fantasy about it is big and is harnessing so much of their sense of well-being and capacity and skills. 
So that, that's what you, yeah. So here you have someone walk into your office, and they're fearful. And it isn't about the past necessarily. No, it's about, it's about how you how you respond to similar situations in the now. There, there. It's not the original situation that happened in your past, but there's enough similarity with the emotions that it triggers an old response. And that's where we can get in trouble because really uh, we, we're autonomic in the sense that most of what we do is all happening automatically without our awareness. I mean, we're only aware of about 10% and the rest is all happening at an unconscious level. So, um, you know, as I, I find as we age and we become wiser and we become more aware and we have, we can start focusing better our intentions and our goals and, and want to create the type of life that we want and that would be including your, your health to be healthy enough to enjoy it, to do all the things that you want to do. You kind of have to look at the whole picture. You can't just address health with a part. Like coming in, you know, I have a neck pain, I have a back pain, I have a a knee pain. Well, those are all parts of the whole, and the whole is within every part along with every memory of every experience and emotion that you've ever had since you were a child. So you have to address mind, body, spirit and the energy what those those three things have in common is they all have energy components and we are energy beings so through the technique of best what i do I'm addressing the energy of of your feelings, of the state of your physical health, and I'm trying to create, help you create balance so that you can express your greatest level of health for present time and need. Mm-hmm. So, so the what are the mechanics or of a mind, body, spirit connection in terms of? the way it seems to manifest itself with the muscles and the skeletal structure. What is, what's the... What, what happens when you, yeah, when I, I will have you think of something and a particular emotion or a timeline in your life, and you should be able to think about that and not have a physiological change, not have your body actually alter its pattern when you're just laying down flat. But So that's what part, partially of what I do check through the muscle testing and checking leg lengths and spasticity and the iliotibia bands and and in the body which should be relaxed because you're laying down but when I engage you in thought thinking about a particular feeling for example and your body tightens up and goes into an altered pattern then we know that there's an interference between the mind and the body so then I need to find all the components to update that memory to clear it out and then I recheck it have you think about that again and now the body is completely loose and relaxed and we're not wasting energy in an actual physical response to a thought 
That's that mind-body connection. That's clearing that up. And when you bring in spirit or you're talking about your energy field, because we are energetic beings, we create an energy field, and it's a reflection of everything that's going on and has ever gone on within our bodies and our mind. So by updating the mind and the body, you're also updating that energy and you're creating a balance between the three, mind, body, and spirit. Hmm. Uh, for those of you that would like to talk to Kathy Wolfram, a chiropractor in San Pedro, been around for 20 years doing the best technique. Am I right, Kathy? Yes, perfect. Okay, call in to 626-414-3510. We have 10 more wonderfully valuable moments with Kathy to understand both what she does and her point of view. So, Kathy, you know, this this show today has been stimulated by the fact that uh, Bratso from Croatia, who mm-hmm. has been who has been linked to many healings and changes in people's lives, although I mm-hmm. understand he doesn't necessarily want to be called a healer, that is mm-hmm. the outcome. And so he's coming into the Los Angeles area this weekend for people to experience um, live stream if they can't come in person to Woodland Hills. So we move into you being a healer, Kathy, uh, with specific techniques, specifically trained in the world of the physical, um, and yet you've integrated the mind and the spirits and emotions. And what do you feel about healers and faith, the belief systems, and uh, our physical body? What is your, your take on all of this right now? Um, okay, I'd like to make one thing clear. When, if I, okay. when I say I'm a healer, I don't want to take full responsibility for actually being, you know, the healer of of other people's. It, the healing actually comes from within. I help, I facilitate the healing within another by helping them find quicker, finding these interferences so they can create their highest level of health. Yes, I am participating in the healing, but really... All patients and all of us, we do our own healing from the inside out. And um, and if you, you know, if you study like the history of medicine and you know healing, we've kind of shifted from a old uh, Newtonian and classical physics where everything was very linear and very logical and you know deterministic, where everything, where they they looked at parts of the whole and they just treated the part and everything was you know determined as a, like a giant machine even even the physical body and so every, all the treatment was coming from the outside externally um such as you know surgeries and different um medications so we were we were trying to alter the health from the outside in versus we've moved in more into quantum physics and that eat the whole is within each part and that it's all energy and that we're all, you know, interconnected energetically and that through our thoughts we can actually alter our 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 genetic makeup, our healing. We don't have to be a victim to what we believed at one time that if when we were born and we inherited a certain genetic pattern or information that we had to express it, it's been proven now that we can actually create the health of our choice 
and so the the healing is coming from the internally it's 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 now it's subjective it's it's more involving the feelings and the energy and working at a a subatomic level and that's the area of of medicine of science of chiropractic of energy healing that i am attracted to the quantum physics and and the energy potential that each and every one of us have and I, I, wow. I don't know that much about Bracco, but what I do know is that he is considered a gazer and that he no longer speaks. He At one time he used to speak, and, and now he's just completely present and, you know, gazing. And I'm having, in my mind, I'm imagining that internally he is just, you know, completely focused on being in the now and he's just radiating his energy is just radiating love and gratitude and joy and peace so just being in his vibrational field it creates it's this giant and then you have a you know a big audience and they're all just focused on the his intention of love and they're radiating love and then you're creating this giant field of love and and this is the interesting energy that i i like to tap and that's where we can get the the healing from is from that energetic field of love that's readily available to all of us how do we measure this i mean i I hate to say it but the scientific part of me just says we must measure this we must come to the ability to be able to say this does exist and factually we can look at it this way and i mean a lot of your background is in the physical realm so how do we measure this well, um, you know, the more you start studying anything metaphysical, there is a leap of faith at a certain point. But, I mean, you know, basics like the feeling of love, I mean, how do you measure the feeling of love? Although we've mm-hmm. all experienced, we've all experienced love, that unconditional love from our our family, from, uh, you know, our hopefully our mother and our, our father and our, our siblings. I mean, but there is, they, they, they do have scientific equipment now, like, um, curly and photography and and you know different equipment that can actually show when a person is focusing on love their energy field is light and radiant and big and then when that person thinks about something like hateful and negative it's dark and close and small and um mm-hmm. dr imoro um Masuro Emoto, who did the um, intelligence of water and did all the experiments with the crystals of water, where he he expressed love on into the water, and then it made these beautiful crystalline forms, and then he mm-hmm. expressed anger or resentment, and it you know just destroyed the beautiful um, you know snowflake appearance of the crystal of water. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of scientific backup. I mean, it's. You can't ignore it anymore. It's huge. I mean, I think what we're teaching in the schools is criminal because it's so antiquated as far as science and not being current with what's going on in the quantum realm. Hmm. But, I mean, by no means am I an expert. I mean, it's such a huge field, and it's so mind-boggling. And if you've ever Hmm. watched a movie like What the Bleep or you've read books, you know, by Bruce Lipton, The Biology of Belief is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, Deepak Chopra's talking about uh, quantum all the time. Eckhart Tolle, he's totally talks about the the effects of your feelings and your health and and the mind-body connection. Wayne 
Dyer. I mean, they're all, everybody's talking the same language. They just have a little bit of a different approach. And that's right. why I feel really fortunate that I found best when I did 20 years ago, and I've been able to devote my career to, you know, working with uh, this energetic field that's so powerful. You, you, you were on the advent of all of this, weren't you? I, I, I think I was, and, you know, I'm just glad that I was originally dumb enough to just follow my intuition and, <laughs> and you know, brave enough, young enough to just go with it. And then I kind of got mm-hmm. to a certain point where, you know, you just don't care anymore. You have to follow your passion, whatever it is. And, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I really think it's it doesn't matter what exact technique you're using. I mean, they all can work, but it's very important that who is ever applying it comes from a place of... Of you know of knowingness and is totally one with that technique and you know with that energy flow and has all coming from the right place and then they can all work. This is beautiful, okay, Kathy. We need to give all your information down so people can contact you. You, Kathy, is a chiropractor in San Pedro, right around the corner from me here, and her office number telephone number is. Three one zero eight three 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 seven nine five, and I'm on the corner of Twenty Fifth and Western, and it's called South Shores Chiropractic Center. We yeah, also well, offer South Shores Chiropractic Center because we are in the South Shores area of San Pedro. We're right by the ocean. Okay. And uh, we website? also offer massage therapy, reflexology, mm-hmm. and Reiki. Um, our website, as in we have a website under South Shores Chiropractic, but it's not. There's not a whole lot to check out. It's a work in progress at this point. <laughs> but thank you. I, I appreciate you reminding right, me about that. We we need to yeah. get Kathy in that modern world here. Okay, so Kathy, I've got you on my 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 Facebook, which is the Dr. Carol Francis Show. Please, everybody, you can contact her through that information as well as I will put it on a press release. But that's all in due time. Kathy, I have one more question for you. Okay, okay. you ready for this? Yes. People um, don't, you're implying that people do not need to live with their health being anything less than excellent. And I, in the world of agelessness, you know, where everybody wants to be young forever for vanity reasons as much as, a, you know, for as much as other reasons, but what, what are you saying about the human evolution of our capacity to to live uh, more immortally than mortal? What am I saying about the human evolution evolution to live more mortally while we're here? Um, that's a good question. I I, I think. <laughs> I think that, you know, every day, every moment you have the capability of change and of improving your health, and it, it all has to start with a willingness to change and an awareness and, you know, um, a due diligence to, you know, fighting those subconscious memories that have created the habits that we get stuck in. But once we're able to really, um, you know, align our desires with our beliefs and put the passion into it, anything is possible and you can create health you can heal from anything your body is changing
changing all the time. Every second of every day you are, you know, recreating your health. So it you it really comes down to the choices that you make in everything, what you drink, what you eat, and most important, what you think. You know, are you thinking um, self-promoting thoughts that benefit your health or are you tearing yourself down? And that's a whole other topic on how negative thinking can make you sick. So, but that is, I, I find in my practice, that's the number one thing, you know, to health is what you're thinking about. Because what you think about is what you bring about. Kathy, you're wonderful. Thanks for inspiring us and telling us to start taking responsibility for who we are. I appreciate Hallelujah. that. Great. You are welcome. I, I enjoyed talking to you, and I look forward to, to more in the future. We will definitely do it again. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And, Kathy, a fair ado. Have a good day at work today. <laughs> you, thank you very much. Bye. So, folks, that is our show today for amazing individuals that walk humbly in their eagerness to help people live life to the very best. And I think that that's one of the qualities I walk away with the most. None of them want to be called healers, and yet all of them engage in the healing process. And one of the reasons they don't want to be called healers is because that it's a partnership between the people who want to come in for their help and those same people that want to come in for their help are the healers themselves in many respects. Put the responsibilities duly on our own shoulders But, you know, that gives us an opportunity to live our life fully and completely in charge. I want to end with a message from John McDonald, who wrote a book called The Message of Master. And one of the quotes in this book, which I have adherent to my radio show desk, is the following. When you work in the inner mind, you invoke and receive the help of the impersonal, the unlimited resources of the universe. Your progress depends upon your degree of sustained intensity in a given direction. You have learned that your great power lies not on the surface, but deep within your being and your inner mind. Average people live on the surface, unaware of their great inner power. I would charge each of you to remember that none of you are average. I would charge each of you to remember that love is the essence of progress for each and every one of us. And you are loved. I thank you for joining us. And I look forward to meeting you again on our next show. This is Dr. Carol Francis signing off. And if you have a chance to go to Brazo this weekend, January 12th through the 14th, or 15th actually, or to live stream him, don't hesitate to do so. And you can find out more information about him on my Facebook. Dr. Carol Francis signing off from the Dr. Carol Francis Show.